This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. This evening, I want to talk about a topic as we close this meeting that I think in some way or another it affects all of us. There are storms of life and difficulties that come upon all of us, whether we're a Christian or not a Christian, uh, that can throw us for a loop at times and can cause us stress and heartache. And so I want to talk to you about the storms of life and what God has called us to do when storms are raging. On May 23rd, 2013, at approximately 6 p.m., I received a phone call that would change the course of my life from that point on. Now, my wife and I were sitting down for supper. We were packing up our apartment. I've told y'all that we were planning to uh, move from Harlingen into Houston at this point. And so we're packing up uh, our, our apartment at that point. And on the phone, and I got that call, was a good friend of mine. And that good friend told me that my mom and younger siblings were in a car accident. And he said, Timothy, the kids are okay, but your mom did not make it. I don't remember everything that he said after that. But I do remember the shock, I remember the disbelief, I remember the overwhelming pain and the panic that set in, I remember crying, I remember screaming, and we jumped in the car and we began to drive to Houston because I just knew that I had to get home, I had to be with my family, and I thought maybe it was a bad dream, maybe it was a nightmare and I would wake up from it and she would be there, but it wasn't, it was real. My mom, the woman who had raised me, who had loved me, and who had always been there for me, she was gone. And the next few days, weeks, and months were the hardest of my life. To this day, I feel that pain, the pain of that loss, and I miss her terribly. And that storm of life was particularly brutal for me and my family to walk through. I know some of you in this room have experienced similar loss in your life. And you know too well the grief and the pain that I'm talking about. I know other, others of you have experienced a different storms, like health issues, relationship problems, financial struggles, or suffering at the hand of another person's selfish decisions. And these hardships that we walk through in life, they are the raging storms of life. And they're not pleasant, they're painful, and they're potentially very destructive to the faith of a Christian person if we're not careful. And they're destructive destructive to the life of a person who doesn't have their faith placed in Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus talks about these storms in the parable of the two builders in Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew 7 and verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell, and great was the fall of it. In this passage of scripture, Jesus describes two different men, one wise and one who was foolish. Now they both built their houses, but they chose different foundations upon which to build. The wise man chose the strong, long-lasting foundation of rock, while this foolish man decided to build upon the unstable and shifting sands. Now when the storms arrived at these two houses, when the rains descended and the floods came up, the wise man's house continued to stand, despite the tempest that was swirling around it, because it had been built upon that shore foundation. 
In contrast, the foolish man's house, it was beaten, it was battered, and ultimately it was damaged beyond repair. The swirling waters beneath it had shifted the sand foundation, and that house fell. It fell mightily, and it was destroyed. Now, I want us to get the teaching as, as Jesus is making this illustration of these two men in these two houses. He's comparing this wise man with the person who hears the instruction of Jesus, hears the instruction of God, and applies it and lives it and puts it into his life. This is the person that takes hold of salvation with eagerness, that hears the gospel of Jesus Christ and says, yes, I'll obey, I'll be baptized, I'll give my life to Jesus Christ. This is the person who builds his, his foundation on the word of God and on Christ. But the foolish man is the person who hears that teaching and ignores it and goes on his way, knowing the teaching may be true or may be right, but refusing to give up the things that are more important, that sand that he has built his house upon. And this foolish person continues to live selfishly and sinfully, caring only about their own physical pleasure and temporal happiness and prosperity. They live with a physical mindset and they build their life upon this temporal foundation. So as we think about this parable and this teaching of this wise person and this foolish person this afternoon, I want to make a few applications to our life that I think can help us as we deal with the difficulties and storms that come to pass. The first thing that I want you to understand about these storms of life this afternoon is that, number one, they are a part of life. We can't avoid them. They're part of the human existence. All we have to do is look around us and we recognize the hard realities we face as human beings. Think about us as a nation. We face storms from Pearl Harbor to 9-11, from the Great Depression to the Great Recession, from bad policies to bad leaders. We've had to endure hardships and difficult times as a country. And we recognize that these things are a part of life and more storms will no doubt be on the horizon for our country in the future. We think about as a church of Jesus Christ, we face storms throughout history from government oppression to persecution, false teachers, unscriptural doctrines, poor leadership in places, no leadership in places, from pandemics and mask mandates and stay-at-home orders. More recently, the church has faced hard and difficult times, and we recognize that's a part of life, and more storms are likely on the horizon for the church as well. There will likely be more laws passed that are unfriendly to Christians. There will likely continue to be less tolerance to our biblical beliefs. And there may very well come a time when you and I face the persecution that we talked about this morning like Stephen did. And I want you to think about as an individual, each one of us as a person, we have storms that affect us and that can overtake us in life. Some of you, like me, can think about storms of the past. Some of you are here in the day and you're in the midst of a storm right now. Maybe you've recently lost a loved one or you are watching someone that you love suffer physically. Maybe you're dealing with a health issue that causes you constant pain or you've recently received a terminal diagnosis and are having to deal with that and face your own mortality. Maybe you're here and you're having relationship issues in your marriage or with your children. Maybe you're dealing with a rebellious child and unsure of how to walk through that. Maybe you've lost your job and are struggling financially. You've been injured. You've been mistreated by someone or hurt, hurt by someone's selfishness. Or maybe you're dealing with mental or emotional difficulties that other people can't see, but that you feel inside. No matter what storm it is that you're facing today, I want you to know that these experiences should make it clear to us that storms are a part of life. And all of us will face them at one time or another. And if you're not in one today, it's very likely at some point in your future you will be. But I want you to know that Old Testament and New Testament biblical characters face these storms as well. And they were no different. 
Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Can you imagine that? That's a storm of life. Job lost his children and his great wealth. That's a storm of life, a pretty bad one. Ruth lost her husband and her homeland. David lost a child. John the Baptist was beheaded. The apostles were beaten and thrown in prison and most of them martyred. Paul was thrown in prison, shipwrecked, put on trial and beheaded for his faith. Stephen was stoned to death as we talked about this morning. These biblical characters, Old Testament and New, they face the storms of life as well, just like you and I do, difficulty. And while all of us would rather face peaceful lives with no hardships, that's just not reality. Storms are a part of life. And many people, when faced with the reality of these storms and not understanding that these things happen and they come into our life, they believe the most important question to ask is this one. Why? Why am I facing this storm? Why did this happen to me? Why would a loving God allow something like this to happen? And I want you to know that these situations, when combined with a misunderstanding of how God has chosen to interact with you and I as humanity, have led some people to question God's purpose, God's love, and even his existence. And I want you to know if the storm of life that you are facing is causing you to doubt God's love, is causing you to doubt God's very existence... You have built your house upon the temporal foundations, upon the sand, and you are allowing it to be destroyed. And I want to talk to you this afternoon about ways that we can strengthen that foundation and share some biblical answers to this question of why. First of all, I believe why we face these storms has to do with natural consequences of decisions that are made and the free will that God has given to each and every person. You know, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we see an amazing paradise called the Garden of Eden that God created. He placed Adam and Eve into it. Man lived in communion with God, walked with God, talked with God personally without the worries of sorrow or pain or death. And I believe that if mankind had lived there and had not sinned and fallen then they would have remained there forever with eternal life, never to face death or any of those things that we see now. But in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve chose to rebel. They ate that fruit that they were not supposed to, and they committed sin against God. And when they did that, they started a chain reaction of consequences that changed the world. And it changed the world that you and I grow up in. We grow up in a world now that's full of sin and iniquity and brokenness and evil. And sometimes that sin and that brokenness and that evil perpetrated by people's decisions and free will choices has an effect on us. And sometimes our own free will decisions has an effect on us. You know, God decreed after that fall in the garden that man would be subject to natural consequences. No longer would we live in a paradise called the Garden of Eden, but we'd face hardships and difficulties in the everyday tasks such as growing crops and bearing children. We would also be faced or be forced to face our own mortality and think about our own physical and spiritual death. These are the consequences of our rebellion, our choice as, a, as, a, as mankind or as a human race. We changed our own reality. And so it's during these times of hardships that's, that are the result of our own free will choices where we may make a decision and then we're facing the consequences of that decision and then asking the question, why? Why am I facing this storm? And sometimes we've got to look in the mirror and understand that it's not God. We don't need to blame God. We don't need to look to God. We need to look to our own choices, our own sin, and recognize sometimes we are in a storm of our own making. And that's part of the reality and part of the answer to this question. But another reason or an answer that we can give this question of why do storms happen is that Satan's influence is abundant in this world and that other people's evil decisions can have an effect on us. 
You know, in addition to free will, our adversary Satan has chosen to be a thorn in our side just uh, as he was to Adam and Eve on that day. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, I don't believe Satan can control you. I don't believe he can control anyone else or forcibly uh, possess or make you do things that you don't choose to do. But he can certainly tempt us and he can tempt others toward toward evil. And I want you to know that when other people succumb to that evil, their actions, whether it was intentional or unintentional, can cause us tremendous amount of pain and hardship. And we can look around this world and recognize the suffering that takes place because of abuse, because of evil actions inflicted from one person to another. And it's in these situations that we must remember the storm of life is not because of God. It is because of Satan and it is because of sin and the, the evil choices of other people. But you know, thirdly, I think one of the biblical answers to this question of why do we face storms is time and chance. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11 says, Again, I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor the bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happens to them all. You know, Solomon teaches us this important principle. And this comes into play when we think about the storms of life, doesn't it? The difficulties that we face. Maybe the storm that we're in is because we made a bad choice and we're facing that. Maybe the storm that we're in is because somebody else made a decision that has affected us negatively. Maybe the storm we're in is just because of time and chance. Accidents do happen. Tragedies befall us sometimes for no other reason than wrong place, wrong time. You know, sometimes the luck of the draw genetically can cause someone to have physical or mental difficulties in life. That's no one's choice. That's no one's fault. Sometimes we happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and an accident happens and there's nothing more to it than that. Brothers and sisters, as we face difficulties in the storms of life, I want you to remember that there's many reasons why. And we can can make ourselves go crazy thinking about why and trying to figure out all of the reasons why this happened. But one thing I think we can be certain of is that God does not cause the storms. You know, there's too many people in this world that believe and have, I believe, been led away with false teaching to believe that God is controlling every single thing that happens in this world. Now, is God in control? Certainly. Is it his world? Certainly. Can he do anything he chooses to do? Certainly. But God has endowed mankind with something special, and that's free will, the free will to choose. And that free will has led to some of these things. And that free will, even unintentionally, can lead to accidents and and wrong place, wrong time situations. But too many people believe that if God is controlling everything, then even the storm that I'm in is caused by God. And this is God punishing me. This is God forcing me to walk through something. And I want you to know that I don't believe at all that God causes the storms. I don't believe that he's punishing you. I don't believe he's withholding his love from you. In fact, God has warned us over and over in the scriptures that storms are a part of life. That we need to prepare for them. And that's what he's asking us to do is prepare for the inevitable reality that the hardships of life will happen. He's asking us to build our life house upon a foundation that will allow us to endure those hardships, those difficulties that come. And help us stand with him for eternity. And so instead of asking just that question, why, and spending the rest of our time focused on that, the questions I want to ask today and every day is, how can I avoid building my house upon the sand? That's what I want to know. 
How can I avoid building it on a temporal foundation that's not going to endure the storm when it comes? What do I need to do in order to get through this difficulty? And what has God promised to me to help me get through this storm? And that's what I want to talk to you about for the rest of our time. I want you to know that storms not only are a part of life, but they will destroy that temporal foundation. And if you're living for this world, you're like that foolish man in the parable who hears Jesus' teaching and ignores it. If you've been here this week, I've tried to share God's word with you, not Timothy's opinions, but God's word with you. And if you've heard God's word and you've walked away and you've ignored it, you're like that foolish man that built his house upon the sand, refusing to build it upon the foundation of Christ. You may know that it's right, but you've chosen to live a different way. And I want you to know that ultimately that will destroy you. The foolish will live for this life. And you know, when the storms of life, when those difficult times happen, they can destroy the physical aspects of our life. Think about it. Our health can disappear in an instant. Our loved ones can be taken from us. Our job can be lost. Our wealth can be wiped out. Our comfort can be taken away. All of those things can happen. And if we build our life upon those things, what are we left with when they're gone? If we've built our life focused upon those temporal things, when those temporal things are gone, we'll be left with nothing. Our life will be empty and deserted. And that's what leads many people to feel depressed and leads them to do things like harm themselves or commit suicide. Is because they can get into a depression so deep because they've placed their values upon the wrong things in life. It's because of a temporal foundation that some people who may never face hardship or difficulty in this life will still crumble and will still fall and be destroyed in eternity. Because even if you're the luckiest person on this planet and you base your life on health and wealth and comfort and all those things and you never face storms of any consequence in this life, which is highly unlikely, even if that's you, you're going to face the worst one in eternity. And that's not a place that I want to be. You think about Judas. We've talked about him this week in Matthew 27, 3 through 5. It says, Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. You know, Judas betrayed Jesus because of greed. He loved money. And so he sold Jesus out for those 30 pieces of silver. But when he saw that Jesus was condemned to die on that cross, you know what Judas felt? Guilt and pain. And he went and tried to return that money, and they wouldn't take it. They said, that's your problem. You did this to yourself. Judas was in a storm of his own making. He had made a free will decision to sell out Jesus, and he faced the consequences of that. And so now in his life, as he sees the consequences of his decision, he feels an overwhelming sense of guilt and depression, and he can't ease that, and he doesn't turn back to Jesus. He doesn't repent. He doesn't go back to the one who could have given him forgiveness and mercy. Instead, what does he do? He goes and he ends his life because he can't handle it. Because he's placed his values and his life house upon the wrong foundation. The rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, 21 and 22. Then Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up thy cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. 
You know, that rich young ruler had asked the question, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, keep the law. And he said, I've kept the law from my youth up. What do I lack? And this is what Jesus tells him. Go and sell what you have, give to the poor and follow me. But he was unwilling to make that decision. He saw that as too large of a sacrifice that Jesus was asking. But by keeping his possessions and building his life upon that, he gave up eternal life in the process. He built his life upon the foundation of his riches and his wealth. And at some point in the future of that man's life, you know what was going to happen? He's going to lose them. And if he didn't lose those, those riches while he was alive, he certainly was going to when he died. You know, the old phrase, you can't take it with you, is still true. And it will forever be true. And that man sacrificed eternity for a life of wealth. What are we doing with our life and what are we building our foundation upon? I want us to recognize that if we're not building it upon the spiritual foundation of Christ, what, do, what hope do any of us have in this life or in the next? The third thing that I want you to know about storms, though, one, that they're a part of life. Two, they'll destroy a temporal foundation. But three, they cannot shake a strong spiritual one. Remember that Jesus compares the wise man in his parable with the person who hears his teaching and applies it. He takes hold of salvation with eagerness. He thirsts to know the word of God, the will of God. This is a person that studies scripture, that loves God, that wants to live with a spiritual mindset and make spiritual-based decisions to build his life house upon the eternal foundation of God and Christ. And I want you to know those things, the storms of life can't touch. They can't take. While they can take health and they can take wealth and job and comfort and all of those physical things, the storms of life cannot touch the spiritual things. They can't take away our faith. They can't take away our trust. They can't take away our hope or our love or our peace or our salvation unless we let them. It's up to us. When we build our lives upon Christ, we understand that happiness, contentment, and satisfaction is not derived from those physical things. It's derived from the spiritual our faith and our trust in the eternal life that we've been promised. And if you've known a spiritual person that has walked through storms of life and they have built their house, their life house upon that foundation of Christ, it's an amazing thing to witness that faith and that trust as they walk through a difficult time and they never lose hope and they never lose faith, they never lose trust, they keep coming to church, they keep serving, they keep loving God and loving people and if they die with nothing, so be it. They're gonna serve God. If they die with terrible health, so be it. They're going to serve God. If they've lost every loved one before they end up passing and walk through that grief process over and over again, so be it. They're going to love God and still serve him. And those folks that have built their, built their life on that eternal spiritual foundation will be blessed. You know, in 2017, there was a hurricane that hit our region called Hurricane Harvey. And it sat on top of our area and it dumped about 60 inches of rain on us in a matter of four days. Now, it caused a tremendous amount of damage and flooding in our area. Over 13 million people were affected, 135,000 homes were damaged or destroyed, and a million cars were wrecked or totaled in the process of these floods. You know, the thing about hurricanes, and I'm, I'm used to hurricanes, they happen from time to time in our part of the world, but the thing about hurricanes is once they're there, there's not a whole lot you can do other than buckle down. If you've not left town, if you're there... You just got to buckle down and hope that you can get through it. But before that hurricane arrives, you've got options. You can prepare for it. You can leave town and not be there. That's a choice. You can put sandbags at your door. You can stock up on food. You can put gas in your generator. There's things you can do before the hurricane gets there that will help you to endure it. But once it's there, you're stuck. 
And the same thing is true with the storms of life. If we're not preparing for the storms to come, then all of a sudden we're going to be in a raging storm and we're not going to have prepared ourselves to walk through it. And so what I want to encourage you to do today is to prepare for the storms. And you do that, number one, by grabbing hold of salvation. Psalm 37 and 39, but the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And I want to encourage you this afternoon. This is our last session together, this meeting. I want to encourage you. If you have not been baptized into Jesus Christ, if you have not given yourself to him, if you have not taken hold of that salvation and grabbed onto it as the foundation of your life, do that today. Make that decision today. Because those who are best prepared to walk through the difficulties of life are those that, number one, have put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. And so if you've not done that today, do it. Because without that, really, none of this, the rest of this stuff matters a whole lot if we've not given our lives over to Jesus. And then I want to encourage each of you, if you've taken hold of that salvation, to read and learn God's word. Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, without knowing God's word, it's impossible to construct your life according to its pattern. It's like anything else, building anything or making anything, following a recipe to try to make something. I'm a recipe kind of person because I'm not a great cook. I've got to have it clearly lined out. But if I don't have that recipe in front of me, I'm going to bomb it. I've got to be able to look and clearly see what it tells me to put in there in order for it to come out even close to being, to being right. And the reality is if you want to live a good Christian life, a life of faith and trust, a life that's able to endure this stor the storms that come, you've got to know God's word. You've got to put it inside you. You've got to know the promises and know the instruction. You've got to study those scriptures on a daily basis. This type of a person is that wise person Jesus was talking about who built his house upon the rock. Seek to memorize verses. Seek to, to understand difficult passages. Go talk to each other or to someone that you know that is biblical, that is spiritual, and say, hey, I've been reading this. I don't understand it. Can we talk about it? Study it. Go after it because without that spiritual knowledge, you can't be prepared to face the things that this life is going to throw at you. Number three, I want to encourage you to make spiritually based decisions to prepare for those storms. Romans 8 verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You know, knowing God's word is important, but you can know God's word all day long and not apply it. And if you do that, you're still the foolish person that builds his life upon the sand. So apply it. Work to construct that life upon that foundation. If you want to be wise and you want to be able to withstand the storms of life, you must construct your personal life, your family life, your work life, and your church life in accordance with Jesus' teachings. And when you have a decision to make in any of these areas, I want to encourage you, don't consider the financial implications first. Don't consider the physical ramifications or consequences of that first. Consider the effect that it will have on your spiritual life first. That's what it means to make spiritually based decisions. And only when we have those priorities correctly in place will we be better prepared to face the storms that life is going to throw. And then once the storm hits, withstand. If you've properly prepared, you'll be equipped to walk through it with dignity and faith, keeping your trust in the Lord. So I want to give you some suggestions related to this as well. When a storm hits, no matter what that storm looks like for you, rely on his promises and keep moving forward. We read this verse this morning. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
That's why preparing is so important, one, because we've got to know his promises. We've got to know his word. We've got to know what God teaches on, this, on these areas of difficulty. And then keep pushing forward. This can be hard to remember in the middle of a storm or a life difficulty. But I want you to know that God has promised in his scriptures that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. If you've studied scripture, you know that's a promise of God. Can that be of comfort to you? Can that be of strength to you during a difficult time? Absolutely. If you don't know that, if you've not studied it, you won't know it. But if you know it, then you can apply it. And you can know that God, even though I'm in the midst of this storm, has not left me. He has not forsaken me. He still loves me. And so I can keep getting up every day and I can put my shoes on and I can get dressed and I can brush my teeth and I can get up and do the things that I know I need to do. Even if it's hard. And even if I have moments through that day where I need to step away and I need to cry or I need to have a difficult moment, that's okay. But we keep pushing forward. And we put our trust in the Lord and we don't give up. We make little changes. We make little improvements. We don't try to eat an elephant in a day, but we take one bite at a time to walk through that difficulty. Work to be the best that we can be every single day that we wake up. And no matter how tough it gets, keep pushing forward. Number two, ask for help if you're in the midst of a storm. Rely on your church family. Come to this congregation and ask for help and strength and assistance with the difficulty that you're dealing with. You know, during that hurricane that I talked about in 2017, it was amazing. There were some amazing things that we saw as fallout of that storm. One of them was that the community in Houston came together like I have never seen before. And it didn't matter what your politics were. It didn't matter what you believed, who you are, whatever. Everybody just came together and helped people. Everybody was in crisis, everybody was in a storm, and everybody came together to help those that were affected by it. But more amazing than the Houston community was the church community. Because I want you guys to know, you may remember that, but six years ago when all that happened, there were churches, church buildings that were damaged. There were church members' homes that were flooded and destroyed. There was a lot of damage that affected us and our congregations. And you know what happened? Our brotherhood of churches sent people to volunteer to help tear sheetrock out and to rebuild. They sent money. I think it was $160,000 or something that was raised within a few days to help the church members and churches down there in that area. Food was sent. Clothes was sent. Supplies were sent. Gas was sent. All generators were sent. It was amazing the amount of help that came from our church family. You know, the reality is that difficulties and struggles and storms none of us are immune and so I don't want you to ever feel like you can't come to your church family for help or you can't come here and say I'm going through a difficulty and I need to talk to somebody I need some counsel I need to study what God says about this or what God wants for me as I walk through this I promise you this congregation will help you and will wrap their arms around you and be there for you so talk to one another ask for help pray for one another and strengthen one another as we walk through these storms Number three, pray for spiritual help. In Philippians chapter four, verse six, the Bible says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, prayer is an opportunity to lay all of our cares and our burdens on God. And often in the midst of a storm, what are we tempted to do? We're tempted to pray that God would remove that hardship from us, Right? We pray that we would be protected from the impact of that storm. And while God certainly has the power to do anything that he chooses, and it's not wrong to let God know our desires and the things that we would like. Jesus himself did that in the garden. He let God know his will, his desires. But I want to encourage you to be mindful of your requests in prayer to God. And instead of praying only that God would remove that storm from your life, 
and then being disappointed in him when that storm is still raging, pray that God would provide you with the strength to walk through it. Pray that he would increase your faith. Pray that he would provide you with wisdom as you move forward and seek to make decisions. Pray that he would give you the peace that surpasses all understanding as you walk through that situation, whether the outcome of that storm is good or bad. Because the reality is, folks, we all face storms, Christians included. You know, many Christians choose to believe that God is going to supernaturally protect them from any danger. And that because we're Christians, we're not going to face sickness. We're not going to face disease. We're not going to face harm. We're not going to be the one to get in an accident. We're not. And God has never promised that, folks. That's an invention of our mind, of our wishes. That's fanciful thinking. God has never promised that he's going to keep us from the storms of life. Only that he will help us to walk through them and to get through them. And so all of us as humans who are subject to our own natural consequences and our own free will and the influence of Satan and the choices of others and time and chance, we have to remember that those storms are going to come. Jesus said this in Matthew 5 verse 45, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Both the just and the unjust, the good, the bad, the Christian, the non-Christian are all going to face difficulties in this life. Because of the things that we've talked about today. And while God has chosen to allow the storms of life to affect us all, the difference in the outcome of that storm has to do with how you have built your life house. Is it on the foundation of rock? Or is it on the foundation of sand? And while God doesn't suddenly shield you from all negative things, he does help you to walk through them. And he gives you a hope and a confidence that can keep you going during rough times. He provides that peace. He'll be there for you, not only in these ways, but also through the actions of his church. And when your house is built upon Christ, when you live with a spiritual focus, you'll be able to face whatever is thrown at you in life. Not because God removes the storm or changes the storm, but because God has changed you and has helped you to walk through it. The last thing that I want you to know about storms before we close this afternoon is that storms will eventually pass. They always do. Though this life is full of trouble at times and we recognize the storms are a part of life, God's promise to us as his faithful children is that storms will not last forever. You know, most of the storms that we deal with in life, the difficulties of life, they're temporary in nature, meaning they're not going to last for the duration of our life here. And as difficult as the storm was when I lost my mom, and I have scars to this day and miss her every day, continuing to move forward, to push forward, to ask for help from my church family, to pray for spiritual things, that has allowed me to walk forward and to walk through that pain. That pain. And as time has passed, we're nearly 10 years from that day now, that pain and that grief has lessened. Is it still there? Yes, it is. Will I always miss her? Yes, I will. But I know where she is, and I have confidence in where she is, and that brings me comfort and strength. And I can keep walking. And I know if I want to see her again someday, I need to walk according to Christ's path. I need to be the Christian that God's called me to be. And one day I'm going to have a reunion day with her. And she's going to wrap me up in her arms once again. And that brings me comfort and peace and joy. 
And so the pain doesn't ever go away completely, 100%, but we're able to get through it. We're able to walk forward. And I want you to know that some sicknesses and diseases can be overcome and healing can take place. Some relationships that you're having trouble with can be mended and you can have a wonderful relationship with that person again. Joy can be found between you again. Some wounds and pain will heal. And if you have your foundation in place and keep walking forward, some of these storms will pass in this life and you can focus on continuing to rebuild your life house. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. And so today, if you are here in this building and you're walking through a temporary storm, if you've got a difficulty in life that you're dealing with right now that's not going to be for the duration of your life, but it's a temporary storm, I want to encourage you to keep trusting in the promises of God. Keep moving forward and focus on the joy that is going to come on the other side. God can help you to rebuild your life and help you to find joy and peace in your life again. But even if the storm that you're walking through today is not a temporary one, if it will not pass on this side of eternity, I want you to remember that ultimately our joy comes in the eternal morning. We have an eternal home in heaven that is waiting for us that is better than anything that we have ever experienced here. We have been given the greatest and most wonderful blessing that anyone has ever imagined. And you know, while the hope and trust and faith of heaven that's coming one day may not diminish the hurt or the grief or the stress that we feel when we're in the midst of that raging storm, it can provide us with the hope, the trust, and the faith that we need to endure it. I know and I believe that the realities of heaven's wonder will far outweigh the reality and the difficulties of the storms that I face here. And heaven will surely be worth it all, as the old song says. Revelation 21 and verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. For those of you who have lost Christian loved ones as I have, there's a reunion day coming where you can be reunited with them if you're in Christ, and if you build your life house upon his foundation. For those of you who are suffering with disease, with pain, with a physical body that's giving out on you, I want you to know that you've been promised a new and glorified body on the other side of eternity if you'll be in Christ and you'll build your life house upon his firm foundation. Every hurt, every sorrow, and every tear will be taken away. Death will no longer be a reality and will no longer be an enemy of us. What a magnificent promise that is that God has given to those who have built their house upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. So if you're not in a storm today and everything in your life is wonderful, I want you to know that one is probably coming at some point and you need to be preparing today. You need to grab hold of salvation. You need to make sure that you're in Jesus. Be baptized into him and have your sins washed away. Read and study God's scripture. Be a part of this church family. Engage in what's going on. Build your life upon Jesus Christ. And when that storm hits, it won't take away your faith or your trust. You'll be able to walk through and reap the eternal benefits of the promise of God. If you're in the midst of a storm right now, don't blame God. Please don't blame God. God has warned us over and over again that storms are coming. He's not causing you that pain. He wants to heal that pain. 
He wants to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. He wants to help you to walk through that storm. Reach out to your church family for help and pray. But as we mentioned before, instead of just praying for the storm to be taken away, pray that when the night is darkest and when that storm is raging around you, that you would have the courage, the strength, and the faith to withstand. I want to encourage every single one of you that are here this afternoon to keep the faith. Don't give up. Don't live for yourself. Live for Christ. And remember that ultimately, joy comes in the morning. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.